0: Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar. Today's podcast, I'm going to be interviewing my good friend, Sifu Mark Gablowski. Uh, Sifu Mark has an interesting story uh, uh, of amazing adversity he's overcome, and he actually has a podcast called Strength Through the Struggle, and I think you are going to find some really gems of wisdom in this podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, Sifu Mark Goblowski. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm here with my good friend, uh, Sifu Mark. How are you, sir?
1: I'm great, sir. Thanks for uh, getting together with me today.
0: You betcha. So you guys uh, that are going to watch this live on Facebook, this is actually, uh, uh, we're, we're repurposing this. This is going to be our podcast, the Satori Lifestyle podcast that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks. But I'm really excited about about uh, talking with, with Mark. Mark and I have been friends for how long, sir? We've known each other a long time. Uh, the early, mid-90s, maybe. Yeah like, yeah, like 25, 28 years, something like that and uh, uh sifu mark runs a, a very successful kung fu school in, in uh, uh in omaha nebraska and i've been out there several times it's very cool and and of course uh uh he, he uh has a, a great story that I, i'm going to have him share uh with you guys uh, uh one of the other things about about uh, uh mark is, is that uh, uh he's one of the most anyway very kind and giving person it's really been a uh, an honor to know you and have you be my friend and uh, uh, you've also got a, a podcast called Strength Through the Struggle and tell us a little bit about your podcast. So the, the
1: podcast is uh, a mixture of stories um, of people that I interview who've gone through extraordinary challenges um, you know whether it's been in business in life it could be injury it could have been a dis- overwhelming disease or something like that or a massive business failure with people who lost millions of dollars or like a professional uh, Super Bowl champion who had to pawn his ring, uh, you know, at one point to get uh, rent for his for his home, for his family. So it, there's stories of people who've overcome huge, um, huge adversities. And then there's a, a few solo casts where I just share a few of my own thoughts
0: about. All right. Very cool. What's it? It's a great podcast and and i what I kinda it kind of all stemmed around your experience and and let's let's go back uh uh eighteen nineteen years you know you, your son Josh is how old now he is eighteen he'll be nineteen and yeah an amazing kid, and a lot of this this the the whole uh motivation for the podcast was your experience with, with josh and 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 you'll do a much better job of, of telling the story, so why don't you kind of just take us through? the 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 whole process of 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 josh's accident and his recovery and and i'll interject where i feel like it okay so josh um josh was born perfectly healthy
1: um he was all full of piss and vinegar for lack of better words Uh, energetic so he was like athletic and um you know just full of spirit like that spirit that uh draws people's attention and um so I was having a great time being his dad and and uh, helping to raise him and he he was in the his mom's car one day uh, they were heading to a daycare um, near her work and a semi truck hit their car and the, the first semi caused the car to spin out, and when the car stopped spinning across several lanes on the interstate and it stopped it stopped perfectly right in the middle of the lane facing the right direction. Um, But then another semi hit it immediately. Like as soon as it stopped, there was nothing the second driver could do. The first driver kept going. So it was the hit and run. And uh, Josh, uh, Josh's mom was okay, but Josh wasn't. And uh, he ended up in the ICU, pediatric ICU at the university med center here and uh, he had a massive brain injury. It was both hemispheres, all the lobes and the brain stem. And I didn't know this at the time, but um, the neurologist that consulted on this, the physiatrist, the rehabilitation doctor, his initial notes on this was, this young man has been neurologically devastated and it's probably a good thing I didn't hear those words initially, but like 10 years later when I started writing and I, I ran it, I was looking through my notes, I saw that. And uh, so his situation was truly dire. Um, he was in a coma and uh, nobody could tell me anything. Like none of the doctors could give me a, like a, an outcome, like how this is going to go. And it wasn't like, you know, like Dan Millman, when he he had his accident, he broke his leg into like 17 pieces. Like they put him back together, everything's fine. And you hear these stories of people getting put back together. Brain injuries are not like that. They're nothing. Like there's almost nothing they can do except hope that you heal. And when the, the brain surgeon saw Josh on day four, he said to me, if Josh lives the first week, if he makes it through the first week, he'll probably survive. And that was all he said. Well, no, he followed up with, I can't tell you anything beyond that. And as I kind of uh, pursued, trying to get more information from him, he said, the only thing we're gonna know is, is in hindsight, like six months from now, we'll be able to tell you what happened but we're not going to be able to tell you what's going to happen. So um, it was a devastating moment for me walking into a ICU and seeing my son on life support, literally. And uh, yeah, it was an ultimate kick in the gut. made for a terrible day
0: man you know uh and and so so much happens from that so just fast forward right now and we're going to get to where josh is now he's uh, i know josh well he's an amazing man his spirit is still there you know he may not move as well as he could have otherwise but man his spirit is is still spot on he's just a really fun guy to be around and 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 uh, i know you and him do some speaking tours uh together a bit and but so tell us through you know like like i know uh this is still it happened 18 years ago and you've talked a lot about it but it's still raw to you i can feel it and understandably and understandably so so tell us what what some of the like early uh, you know uh, because i think at one point right they, they said uh, the fatality was written on the window of the car uh, and uh and so like there wasn't a lot of a chance and and secretly uh, doctors had said we kind of hope uh, you know to tell you the truth we didn't want to tell you now this is after he was better I don't want to put words in your mouth but they basically said we kind of hoped he wouldn't make it because we didn't think it was gonna be a very good life was that something that was said
1: that that was his pediatrician
0: mm-hmm. and she
1: is the mother of five children and she had all five of her kids back then and uh she showed up the day the day of the injury in the ICU and and followed up a couple times but she really couldn't medically care for him. It was way above her pay grade. So, um, I asked her that probably 10, eight years after the accident, maybe 10 years after the accident. And, and her words were, um, first of all, she didn't want to answer the question. And I just said, please, like, just let me know what you really thought. And she said, well, to tell the truth, I, I hope that he would just pass. Um, looking at the the film and all the reports, I just couldn't imagine any quality of life, not just for him, but for you.
0: Yeah, she, she was doing it from a position of empathy and compassion, not... Yeah. There was no... There was nothing about it. There, like, there was
1: absolutely nothing you could hang your head on and go, well, maybe if we do this, or maybe if that... There was nothing, none of the doctors could see any real reason for hope. And in the beginning, I could see that in their eyes. Like so you, could just you see,
0: uh, and, and you, you know, you, you really almost in a lot of ways kind of uh, like, you're, never, you're not going to take credit for this, but you willed him alive. Like you didn't leave his bedside for how long? Like, like you had friends fly in to run classes for you, right? You, you didn't leave the hospital for how long? I mean, what was that process like? It was four months. I told him
1: you know that first night after the news had gotten out and people had come to the hospital lots of my friends and um you know to try and be supportive but that night when everybody left and i finally had some quiet time with him you know i just i knelt down next to his bed and i was holding his hand and just going hey dude you know we're in the hospital you got a little bump on your head everything's going to be okay um, you know, it might make some funny sounds. There's all kinds of people in here. You'll hear different voices. You might smell some different things, but everybody's trying to make it better. And I said, you know, um, daddy's staying here and I'm not leaving until you, until you can go home and we can leave together. Um, so that turned into four months, um, <laughs> <laughs> which if you know, <laughs> you know how difficult it is sitting around a hospital for six I can't hours. imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> grueling. And they were the, the people at, and this was at two different hospitals ultimately, but uh, they were very kind. And I, you know, he was always in a room with two beds. So I, I had my own little hospital beds. <laughs> um, they, they either brought me food or sent me down to the cafeteria. They, they were really so kind. I showered there. I would show up in my, uh, in, in his room after he'd been through a few hours of therapy and there'd be like, a fresh towel and fresh wash rag on my bed. So like people really, really came to our aid. You know, people brought, it through. people would actually um, come and get my clothes, my dirty clothes and take them and launder them and then bring them back to me so I could stay there. I didn't know what he knew, you know what I mean? I didn't know what he was going through or what he was feeling and the last thing I would ever want would be to be in a situation Where something has changed my life so dramatically, and nobody's there walking next to me.
0: Yeah, and you never knew when he was going to wake up and be there, and you wanted to be there, or how much he could hear. Like you were the whole time; you didn't know he's not responding, but you're talking to him, and you're, you know, and and on some level, he did hear it. And so, fast forward, he had he's had lots of surgeries. How many doctor's appointments have you brought him through in in the last eighteen years? He's been
1: through about twenty five hundred. Doctor appointments, therapy, therapy appointments, special education appointments,
0: etc. Combined, yeah, twenty five hundred time, twenty five hundred trips. That's that, that's amazing. And and so, uh, you know, he uh, now he just graduated from high school. Right. He's a he's a raving Packers fan uh He's a he's a joker. His favorite thing on the planet is to harass his dad. We have this thing where when I'll reach out to Josh, I'll talk to him sometimes on Facebook, or maybe when I'm on talking to you on the phone and he's in the room, I'll ask to talk to him, and I will always say, "Hey, punch your dad," and he'll like hit you in the shoulder, and and uh, and you know, he also had when he was kind of coming of age, uh that was a real rough time for him. Like when he was younger, he didn't know any better, but then he got to be twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old, and he, he started to begin to realize that he was maybe not not moving and thinking as fast as his friends kind of talk us through that, that period.
1: Yeah, that was def- a super difficult time for Josh. Um, he was, he, he's in this unique position of, he was fine. Like he was born and he was fine and he, he had a body that worked. Completely. And I I can't say he remembers those things, <clears throat> his spirit, like his soul, all that information is still there. And plus he had friends. And so he's seeing kids at school and his friends doing activities that he couldn't do. He'd be like, dad, can I, can I uh, play football? No, son, you can't play football. You know, I mean, you could knock. I mean, literally a strong wind. His ba- balance was so bad then. A strong wind could literally knock him over on the sidewalk if he was walking. Um, and he went into a very deep depression I don't know if it was, it was sadness. He just, he was so sad that his life had been altered so completely by this car crash. Um, and he could not understand what happened to him. And that was very difficult. And I think it's very difficult for any of us when we find ourselves in maybe what seems like an unfair circumstance or tragedy. Maybe we didn't even contribute to it but it's somebody else is doing and now we're in this horrible situation that we don't want to be in and it either makes us sad or angry or poor or sick or whatever and uh it took him a number of years to to come to terms with this is our hand this like this is our life our life is going to be different than other people's lives and now we we have to decide what are we going to do about it? Like, what are we going to do now? And try to make it absolutely the best out of a, you know, a tragic set of circumstances, a life altering set of circumstances.
0: Um, yeah. So, well. so where where is he? Like, I know that that because we talk relatively frequently in in the last year or so, something has changed in him, and he's lost a lot of that, and he's he's become this. He was always a bright light, but sometimes he maybe had to work a little harder to turn that light on, right? Yeah. Uh, and what's what's happened that's allowed him to kind of begin to blossom like he has? You know, the interesting thing is, he
1: fortunately, literally fortunately is connected to a lot of great people in the world. So he had the opportunity twice in one year to speak at a conference. One was in Denver with Yuhan Chi, thank you very much. And the other one was in February in Atlanta at a national men's conference that a friend of mine put on. And he he had the opportunity to step up on the stage after I talked about our story a little bit, and he got to talk a little bit. And the first time was in Atlanta and that day after, <clears throat> excuse me, we got done with the event. That night we were sitting in the hotel room and watching a little TV and spontaneously, completely out of the blue, he says to me, dad, I don't care if I have disabilities. I like who I am. No. And the fact that he had that experience <clears throat> where after, I got done chatting and I bring him out on stage and I hear all this clapping and as I get back to the middle of the stage with him I look at the audience and it's literally a standing ovation and I'm like, dude, like this is for you. This is because you've overcome. This is because you continue to overcome. And um he started to see himself differently that day. And then two or three months later we were in Denver and we got to speak at an event that you were hosting, you and Mr. C and um, Rev Gear, and it was a great event. And it was a similar experience. I got to talk for a little bit, and then we brought him up on stage. And again, he got a standing ovation. And for him to realize that, wait a minute, I'm not different completely in a bad way. Like I can't ride a bicycle, I can't swim, I can't drive a car, I'll probably have to have somebody helping me live my life. But I'm different and people think my stories powerful or amazing. And so that just contributed to him seeing himself differently. And then he was on a news story here in town.
0: i'll tell you what you know i know at our event in denver he was like a rock star like he was flooded for pictures afterwards and here's all these famous martial artists that are there that are josh can i have a picture and you know just see the glow on his face and of course on yours to watch him getting this acknowledgement it 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 had to just be really like heartwarming you know And, and, and those guys
1: some of those guys that were lining up i mean truly like accomplished people like an israeli a former israeli commando like multiple degree black belts in jiu-jitsu, world champion kickboxers and box and they're like you know they had tears in their eyes
0: yeah yeah absolutely he
1: like, a hero and and i think there's a hero story in all of us and in different ways you know josh's story is his because those are the circumstances he lived through but truly Hanchi, i believe everybody has a has a hero story in it, multiple hero stories.
0: stories. So tell me, so, so you know, it's just been great to see. I, I It just warms my heart to know that, that Josh has got, you know, his outlook, because he always had this, like, uh, you know, this just, just really cool vibe about him, right? Everybody meets Josh. Like, he didn't really, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but growing up, kids at school, everybody always liked Josh. He didn't get harassed for being a little different, right? I mean, everybody, you know helped him on the journey and he's such an easy kid to want to you know like and be a part of and and so and of course I you know you're not going to take a lot of credit although you deserve it you you've worked so hard this has been your your main focus for the last 18 years to to really you know help him become the man he's becoming and and but what are some lessons like like you know how can you take what your experience uh uh, with all this, uh, you, know, you know, how can I benefit? How can other people, how can some of our listeners benefit? What are what are the things that you've learned that can be replicated through this experience? Um,
1: one of the one of the things is uh, to keep things in perspective. You know, for me, I I could sit there next to my son's bed and know that he's in a coma not know if he can hear me not know what he i mean you could stick needles in him and he didn't move nothing so but for me i was challenged after a while because i believed i had faith like things will get better but after six weeks things weren't getting better they just weren't and there was a saying that i had to that i remembered uh, as i'm asking myself like how am i going to deal with this because i can't lose my energy i can't lose my momentum i can't i can't lose hope and there's this quote and it goes like this always remember in the dark what you know to be true in the light and that has helped me to keep perspective to understand that we don't know how anything finishes we may know how it started we may know what it's like in the middle but we actually have no idea what the possibility is what the possible outcomes are the possible positive outcomes are for anything and so I had to kind of keep in perspective, like the facts are he's injured and he's in the bed and he's not responding real well right now. But for me, the truth was he's going to get better at some point. And so that forced me to do everything I could to try to help him. So that was one thing, keeping things in perspective. Uh, another thing was patience. You know. <clears throat> We all we all want to get wherever we want to go as quick as we can. We just do, and um, you know something like this can look like it has become like it might even keep you from where you want to go. But in kung fu, the, the word kung means uh, effort, and the word fu means time. And the concept is is that through hard work over time, I can achieve anything. And so, luckily, I had a patience mentality from my martial arts training already. But I had to look at it like this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And I had to, I had to get comfortable with the idea that this could go on. I'll be honest. I thought for a long time, I'll be honest. I never thought it was going to go on forever. I I thought he was going to be healed completely. I thought he was going to go to high school and drive a car and go to prom and play football and go to college and have a family. I thought all that was going to happen and it hasn't yet. And I haven't lost hope, but I need to keep things in perspective and and maintain my patience. And the other thing is perseverance. Um, you know, the word per means to push and, and severe. We all know what that means. Uh, and, and I used to think about this perseverance like I have to push through this, and this is a struggle and it's difficult and all that. And that's all true. But I I discovered a better definition for perseverance from a Navy SEAL that I interviewed for my podcast. His name's Larry Hatch. And um, he helped me to understand that to make a distinction in the word perseverance and to say that. I will continue towards my goal in spite of obstacles, failures, challenges, or redirections. That person wow. is really, I'm, go- I'm still going for my, my goal. Like, my goal is X. I don't care what gets in my way. And I kind of, when he made that distinction for me on our interview, I was like, holy cow, I feel like a new man. Like, I don't have to, like, it doesn't have to be, it is a struggle, it's difficult. But it doesn't have to, I don't have to feel like it's a struggle all the time. I can go, wait a minute, this is our goal. And this is stuff. some of the stuff that we have to overcome to get to our goal. So for me, so, patience, perseverance and perspective.
0: So, you know, I'm. you remember, of course, Jack LaLanne. Some of our younger listeners yeah. might not. But Jack LaLanne was, of course, a fitness guru that was very popular in the 50s 60s 70s 80s et cetera. by the way i had got to have lunch with him one time it okay. wasn't just me and him by the way there was like 40 people it was uh and arnold schwarzenegger was one of the people as well it was when my brother and i were involved with the presidential Fis- physical fitness council for for california and but anyway uh, uh he used to do these feats of strength where one of the things he did i don't know if you remember he he swam from uh from uh, alcatraz uh, the real swift, swift currents in the San Francisco Bay to the to the mainland, right? And the currents. This is why they had Alcatraz where it was. It was so so hard that uh, you know they didn't have to worry about prisoners trying to escape because they would drown, right? Not only did he swim, but he uh, he had a rowboat with four people in it or something like that, some number of people uh, in and with with the rope tied in his teeth. You know, I mean, in his teeth, and like he handcuffed himself to make it even more hard, right? Uh, so it's kind of like What's that, uh, but. It's that. I guess that's the point, yeah. right? And that's kind of, you know, like, okay, what else? Like, you know, and so it's. It, I I like to use the word, uh, like like relating this to COVID. I'm gonna ask you some questions about how this experience, how you how you uh, how it's helping you cope with what's going on now. I I like to look at kind of. I'm trying to create like the challenges I have. Try to try to view them in my head as an adventure versus a challenge, right? right? Like, okay, just kind of kind of kind of it. It's maybe semantics, but you know, that you're, you're overcoming adversity. If you think of like, uh, Joseph Campbell's, the hero's journey, which I'm familiar, sure you're familiar with. And, you know, all the, all the steps that go along the way, you're living your life. And then there's a call that a call to, to action that you refuse. And, then you meet a mentor, and then you get drug into this battle, and 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 you know you almost lose it, and and you know you fight through it. And somehow, miraculously, you come through the other end, and you're a changed person, right? And and kind of like I, I see that right now going on in the world. And of course, we see different people handling the situation differently. But how has this whole experience with Josh helped prepare you, if at all, uh, to deal with what we're doing with COVID nineteen, as far as you personally, your business, etc.? You know, we had to make adjustments all through you know, um,
1: with Josh getting hurt, like the first thing I had to adjust to was my son's in this dire situation. And then as time went by, I did to adjust to, okay, well, he's going to live, but we don't know how it's going to turn out. And then we adjust to, okay, well maybe there's a chance for this level of recovery and then, Oh wait, it's not going to work out that way. And so we, we've had to learn to adjust like on the fly frequently. And I think that that is a good, um, a good thing to understand in terms of this COVID thing, new information comes out all the time. Um, you know, uh, California opened up for thirty days and then it shut down. 30 days. Like you'd been closed for three or four months, you get three or uh, three or four weeks open and they shut you down again. Like you have to learn to pivot in life and make adjustments on the fly, make the best choice you can, and then do a little evaluation and then adjust again and then a little evaluation and just again what what we teach here is um every moment's a training moment like you're constantly being delivered opportunities to elevate your mindsets and your skill sets and um covet 19 has absolutely done that not just in our training environment but that affects our business environment mm-hmm. and we've had to make adjustments huge as has everybody in our in, in the martial arts industry fitness industry health industry you can't even see clients. Like, you know, well, now we got to teach on zoom or well, how do you teach on zoom when you're used to teaching in person, 30 people at a whack, you know, it's very different, but you have to, you have to, you have to make adjustments. And I think uh, going through this with Josh has certainly prepared us to go through COVID, but I think there's,
0: um, yeah, you kind of laugh. It's like, what, what's this man? This is like nothing, you know? Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> you know what? Sometimes. And, I do. Like I hear a problem, and I'm like, "That, like, you can get through that. You'll be able to do this." Like, and I know in the moment, like, if you don't, if you don't have your rent, and your rent six hundred bucks, like, that's a crisis. That's a real problem, and it it's just as big, or it feels just as big as me having a kid in the hospital. I, I truly believe that our problems are our problems, and they feel huge. So, no shame in, in feeling overwhelmed, but make your adjustments.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I just lost my mic for a second. So forgive me here. I've got to adjust. I've got to very quickly turn that Bluetooth off. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Okay, there you go. Lost it. That's a great, it, you know, and sometimes you don't say that because you may not know the person well enough to say, uh, you know, you can handle this. But, you know, there's a there's a phrase, your problems are bigger, I can, I can see, but mine are happening to me. And it has to do with always having empathy for somebody else's situation. Yes, they may not have it as bad, but but it's still their issues, right? And so uh, you touched on a couple of things that I'm kind of using in that right now. is That's the, what I call the three A's, and that is is attitude, adaptability, and action, right? That's like right now, what do we got to do? We got to make sure we got to really guard our attitude. What can we do to right, like go into things kind of proactively, trying to figure out how we can... Uh, vent a little vent okay i have got a vent a little bit but then what what action steps can i take right now and then of course adapting the situation what you talked about with our in our industry how we've adjusted to going on zoom and then a couple of days boom we were doing zoom classes right and it's different and it's not ideal but whining about it isn't going to do anything right it's like you you just kind of you adjust and you roll with it and and then you 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 embrace small victories right you, you know and, and that that really helps like when when Uh, you know when you've made one small victory that that can really give you the impetus and the strength to kind of continue on and then of course take a massive action it's like what steps can i take that are gonna help me get to the next level it's kind of like uh you know if i'm trying to get to the north pole and i don't have a map i can whine about not being able to get to the north pole or i can start i can look at the sun and realize it's setting in the west and that puts it on my left my left shoulder and You know, if I face forward, that's north, I can start walking north. And I'm certainly, that's a lot what you did with Josh. You didn't know exactly where you're going, but you knew that being by his side was a good thing.
1: Yeah. You just try to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I think your little recipe there of um, adaptability, or sorry, attitude and adaptability and action, like that's the perfect recipe for life. Like maintaining a positive outlook, positive attitude, but also guarding my mind for what's what i'm allowing in because if i sit and i watch the news all day like that's going to take my attitude right down the drain (laughs) you
0: know yeah 100 percent.
1: but being able to adjust to our circumstances or adapt and then taking action all the time
0: yeah it's it's easier said than done but you know uh, as you've heard me say before my favorite quote is take care of the days and years take care of themselves it's like what can i do today that's you know forget about where you're gonna be in six years what can i do today to to, to, to make sure that my head is right, that I'm exercising and I'm, I'm cultivating good relationships. I'm supporting my family and just focus on that. And then, let tomorrow take care of itself, right? And all of a sudden you look back and you go, whoa, I've made some progress, right? And and in my better moments, I, I know that we're going to look back on this experience and maybe business is different, the world's going to look different, but we're going to grow a lot from it, you know? And that that's my my absolute belief. It, it's kind of like one of our mind- mindsets is this challenge will make me stronger, right? And uh, and we know that intellectually to be true. Like everybody listening here is giving that advice to a friend at some point in their life. They're going through a hard time. And I go, you know, Mark, you're going to get through this and you'll be better off for it right? Mm-hmm. But it's different when it's us. So sometimes in the moment we forget that that same rule is true right now. And we're going to go look back on this in 10 years and you're going to go, wow, that was quite an experience. But there's going to be so much that we learned and grew from through this. And I'm, I'm thinking about my father who is still alive, who uh, is ni- going to be 98 in a couple of months. And he was, of course, uh, I believe you've met him before. and and uh, But he he was a, a child of the depression and his dad was out of work and his mom uh what cleaned houses part-time for like three years they lived on cabbage soup because that's all they could eat and then of course he was in a in world war ii and he was a prisoner of war and holy but i'll tell you what, why i share this with you is, is that he will tell you that shaped his life he would not have traded those experiences for anything because it gave him a real sense of appreciation and i look at the young kids going through this right now and of course they're missing their junior prom and their graduation and their baseball season all all bad stuff no fun i but uh, you know i look at them and a lot of these guys don't uh, don't yet have a lot to lose yet right it's not like they're losing their real estate or you know you know th- a lot of the people are going to come out of this with such a level of wisdom beyond their years if they just only take the time to kind of kind of look for it and try to learn from what's going on around them
1: um you know i think when you're going through a challenging time whether it's health issues business issues COVID 19 issue you know pandemic i mean I never thought I would live through a pandemic. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dreamed it or dreamt it. But, you know, we have a chance every day in spite of our circumstances and because of our circumstances to either to choose either to get be bitter or to get better. Mm-hmm. We can choose that. We literally can every single day. It's not easy. I'm not suggesting it's easy. I've had I've had some pretty miserable days since Josh got hurt where, you know, my attitude w- was in the toilet you know, but that's life. And I, I kind of accept that about myself, that sometimes we do end up off track and to be able to accept that about, mm-hmm. you know, our partners and our spouses and our family and like, they're having a bad day or they're through difficult circumstances. Um, but to have some empathy and compassion for everybody, because everybody, and you frequently give this quote out, you know, everybody's has a hard journey and I forget the whole thing. If you would you share that with me? Yeah, be,
0: be kind with whom you meet for there fighting a hard battle. I believe it's attributed to Plato. Uh, uh, yeah, but but that's absolutely true. Yeah. And you, you brought up, you know, uh, both of our mentor, you know him better than I, but I have hung out with him, Dan Millman, who's an amazing guy. I remember one time, doing a beach cleanup. I got to share a a trash bag with him in San Francisco. We're doing this beach cleanup for the ultimate black belt test. And I'm thinking I get to spend the next two hours with Dan Millman, you know, uh, and I was picking his brain. I was asking him about this and he was like, he's probably going, Oh man, not another question. But I remember, I remember saying to him, I go, you know, Mr. Millman, I have this amazing life. I have healthy kids, a great relationships, uh, you know, a, a job that I love the respect of my peers. I just get bummed for being bummed. I should be in a living in a state of bliss all the time. I should never be. And he said, "Stop." He goes, "Time out. Time out." You know, he goes, "Never, never. You know, get upset. You always got to acknowledge the emotion with what you're experiencing." You know what I'm saying? Just know it's gonna pass. And and like like and I, that's really like like allowing yourself to be down sometimes. Hey, man. You know, it's gonna happen. Just kind of if you can go all right. But what's important is what you do when you're there. Like, you don't do something foolish. You don't say something or do something you might regret later on because it's like that cloud that's passing over, right? And you go, wow, I'm having a bad day today. Okay, I'm not going to say anything to my wife that I might regret later on. You know, I'm still going to try to eat as clean as I can because I know I'm going to get through this. And that that's really where the learning happens. It's all there is is, is is you know rainbows and butterflies and unicorns or whatever the phrase is then you're not growing you know as a matter of fact you develop strength through the struggle that ought to be the name of a podcast it's <laughs>
1: yeah, brilliant
0: i'm gonna use that <laughs> you should he should well hey man uh, where how can somebody i, I want to be respectful of your time how can someone if they wanted to hear more about your story where, where do they go
1: well they could go to mark com and uh I've got the podcast there, some writing there. You can connect with me on Facebook, Mark Kobilowski, and uh, yeah, if I could, if there's anybody out there that I can help, reach out. Be happy to help you. Share our story, whatever, whatever way we can help. But, uh,
0: Outstanding. Well, I, I certainly, I, you know, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to help me with this, and and uh, you're an inspiration, my friend.
1: Well, as are you. Thank you, sir. Uh, thanks for inviting me on the
0: show. It's- great fun you bet you bet all right guys well thanks for tuning in and we'll see you another time take care